Welcome to Get the Balance Right, a podcast for creative rebels, freaks, misfits, and geeks tired of working for the man. If you want to monetize your talents through media creation and production, then this podcast is for you. Whether you're just starting out, have a side hustle, or want to take your business to the next level, this podcast will help you profit from your superpowers. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, longtime vegan, Gen Xer, cat mom, drag queen enthusiast, and collector of weird dolls and lunchboxes. By using my professional background in business, marketing, design, and finance, I will help you move from passion to profit. If you're ready to crush your fears, take action, and do things scrappy, then together, let's get the balance right. Hey there, and welcome to Get the Balance Right Podcast. I am your host, Heather Zeitzwolf. On today's show, my guest is Fawn Anderson. Rather than doing an interview, Fawn is coming to the podcast to do a strategy session, which if you're interested in doing one yourself, you can apply. There is a link in the show notes and it's totally free and it could be broadcasted as a podcast episode. Like you, Fawn is a media creator. She has a podcast with her husband, and she's also a photographer. So we talk about some of the struggles that she has having a photography business, moving in the middle of it, and then all the questions surrounding, should I be an LLC? What are my other options? What about bank accounts? What should I do next? What should I focus on? Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not giving out legal advice. This is not tax advice. Please keep this in mind. So if you are in a situation similar to Fawn, please seek out professional guidance, either through a CPA like myself or a lawyer who can give you detailed information based on the state that you are doing business in. But regardless, there's a lot of great information in this podcast episode, which I think you'll find really helpful because a lot of Fawn's questions are ones that I get asked quite a bit because there's a lot of ambiguity around starting a business. And, you know, you can read online, but still it's like, oh, but I'm not getting my question answered. So I think you'll find this one really helpful because they are probably questions that you have swimming around in your head. You're like, oh, yeah, what about that? So we dive into all these things and figure out where her plan of attack should be. So if you're feeling like you're in that situation where you're not really sure what to do next and what to focus on, please go ahead and sign up for a strategy session like Fawn did. Fill out the application. It's in the show notes. And here is my strategy session with the talented and so, so sweet Fawn Anderson. Fawn Anderson, welcome to Get the Balance Right Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Heather, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I find you incredibly fascinating, incredibly smart, intelligent, funny, wise, and you make the future feel so hopeful. I'm not as afraid of the man as I was <laughs> since I've been listening to you and your podcast. So thank you. Thank you for helping me and, and thank you for having me on. Sure. When you're talking about the man, like on my podcast, sometimes I refer to corporate America, the man. What are you saying when you're saying the man? The tax man. Oh, the tax yeah. man. Okay. The That's the other man. Yeah. Whoever would be very happy about placing the thumb on me or mm. I just don't want to get in trouble. Like I want no trouble. There's just like when you're driving down the street 
and you see a cop car and you immediately freeze. I do anyway. Even though I've been abiding by all the laws and everything, I still freak out. Same with taxes and business and licenses and all that stuff. I have that same stuck feeling like, oh, I'm scared. Yeah, I totally get it. I used to have a mohawk when I was punk rock back in the 80s. And when I was walking down the street, people would see me and they would lock their doors in their car. And you could see like the kids like freaking out in the car. And then it like made me feel apprehensive. Like I'd go into a store and I felt like people are going to think I'm stealing. And that wasn't me at all. I can understand this whole thing about the cops and all that kind of stuff. And as far as the tax man, people, when they come to me, they're always so fearful of of screwing up because you don't want the IRS knocking at your door because you know that they will never go away. It is a terrifying thing. I totally get it. Fine, you're very talented. You've got a lot going on. You do podcasting. You're a photographer. Tell us about what is working right now for you. Well, it depends what hour of the day you're catching me for me to answer that question because there are times of the day where I feel like screaming or crying in my pillow thinking nothing is working out for me. But the majority of the time, it feels like everything is really working out. I'm at a stage where I'm realizing that all the creative endeavors that I've pursued since I was a teenager up until now, it may seem like I've gone through these different roads. I'm seeing how everything is coming together beautifully and how everything is working together to form one big entity. Your long-term goal is to build this friend community. Is that what you're referring to? That's just one of the roads. My long-term goal is to create a multimedia kind of empire. <laughs> I am a photographer by trade. That's how I made a good deal of my money as an architectural photographer, photographing for really high-end architects, landscape designers, interior designers is where I actually started. And then my main focus before that was always humanitarian focused photography. So I funded my own projects. I worked with different corporations. I worked with the Aveda Corporation, I worked for Care International, places that had this mission to give back and do good things in the world. I also did my own humanitarian type of focused photography work. I created a book, a global family photo album. I did that. And just like you, when I first started, I was really, really in love with the fashion world. I wanted to be this cutting edge, very powerful fashion photographer. And I never quite fit into that click. In Los Angeles, there was a click. <laughs> you use the word misfit. I always felt like I didn't quite belong. So I always did my own thing. I funded my own projects. I just did my own thing. And then to make a living, I was an architectural photographer, you know, like, or I did corporate photography, whatever it took. I did weddings, all of that. While I was doing all my photo assignments and photo shoots and everything, there was something ever since I was a little kid that I was noticing in our American culture. And I'm an immigrant. And I was raised in two different cultures at the same time. I would notice my friends and how they lived. I would look around at my relatives, my immediate family, and, and really like notice how we lived. And I was always obsessed with friendship and family, what values people have and how they define friendship. So my husband's a computer programmer and we were just joking around one day. I said, it's harder to make a friend now than it was looking for a true love. Like it's like dating all over again. For fun, we came up with this idea of creating a matchmaking service for friendship for platonic friends only within your own zip code. So you're away from the computer. You're actually meeting people in real life. So we created this thing. This is long before Bumble 
and I had this elaborate plan for a worldwide front thing to happen. And so when the pandemic happened, I just brought all my photo gear together and we started a podcast based on our art of friendship that we were working on. So we started our podcast, Our Friendly World with Fawn and Matt is what it's called. I'm combining all these things and I'm also a fellow vegan, by the way, Heather. And I also started a vegan bakery. So I feel like all these things are coming together. So that is my main focus is to bring community together in the form of working with finance, working with our relationships, working with mom and pop businesses, basically bringing the community back. So it feels like we have a village again, that we are not alone, that we're here to thrive together financially in every way, spiritually, every way. That's beautiful. All of this sounds so magical and beautiful. It seems like it could be very long-term because it takes a long time to roll things out to that magnitude, that scale. Between now and when that happens, we need to start to roll out different parts of it, maybe monetize certain parts of it and build and build and build until it reaches this vision that you have. Along the way, you're in podcasting, you're still a photographer. Maybe there's going to be this app that comes along again. Maybe it's a revamp of it. What is the next step that you're thinking and where are you getting stuck with that? Here's where I'm stuck. I formed an LLC. I'm also a mom. I'm a homeschooler. So I took some years off to just take care of the family. And so right before the pandemic, I started my business up again. This was like way back before the pandemic, like around October, November. So I had everything all set up. I was going out to meet clients and everything. And shortly after that, in March of 2020, everything stopped. I still have the LLC and everything. I'm still trying to get that going. And then since the podcast came into play, I'm thinking, I don't want it to just be a photography business. I would like to have a, what do you call it? Like a production company that involves video photography. It involves sound, obviously, with podcasting and doing voiceover work is what I'm also getting into. Oh, okay. So I'm stuck because I feel like I have all these wires that have been knotted together and I don't know what to do next. I don't know, should I discontinue my LLC and start all over again? Or can I have, so it's called FA Images LLC. Can I create that as an umbrella that holds the video production and also the voiceover work, like all of that, since it is still media is it possible to put that under one umbrella? And how do I do that? Yes. Okay. For the people that are out there, this is not going to be legal advice, tax advice. This is just informational because I don't know all of Fawn's situations. This is going to be some general information. In your case, so if it's all under that one business, you can have it all underneath that LLC. I got an assumed business name, which is Zeitzwolf Accounting. I pay an extra fee to the state for this assumed business name. Different states have different rules on this. But so I pay a fee and it's registered underneath the LLC New Wave Accounting. You could operate with your different types of entities as separate assumed business names or doing business as and some states call it. And they could all be under that one umbrella. And I want to get too complex. Uh, let me just ask you, is your LLC only registered to you? Is it a single member LLC? Yes, single member. Okay. Okay. That makes it a lot easier. You can just get an assumed business name. Usually those are less money 
it's not a like a legal entity. What is an assumed business name? Okay, so assumed business name is a name that you can operate under. It's not like an LLC. That's a legal term. As an LLC, you can be taxed in different ways. So you can be taxed as a single member LLC, which goes on your individual tax return, or you can be taxed as an S-corp, or if you've got more than one member or a partnership. But if you're just doing it under assumed business name, which just means that you've now registered that name, your business name with the state, and you're operating under that name, on your tax return, it shows up the exact same way. So it's Schedule C under assumed business name. If you wanted to open up a bank account that was in the business's name, you would go and register with the LLC and you'd get an EIN from the IRS with that LLC. But you can do the same thing with your social security number with the assumed business name, and then you can get the EIN. You can operate the same way. It's just that there's that added protection of that LLC. At this point with your business the way it is, unless you had tons of assets or whatever, I don't see that it's necessary for you. It's typically more money and it really depends on what you're doing. And people think, oh, I have to have an LLC to operate as a business and you don't, you can just use your own name. That's how that works. The more you progress with that business, I would probably say, yeah, let's get an LLC and then we can talk about other ways to be taxed. Do I go about getting an assumed name just like I did with the LLC? Yes. Assumed business name is just the name that you operate in the, your state. You do a business search on a, the Secretary of State website. Just make sure that nobody else in your state is using that same name. So you just search that business name. That's the easiest way to do it. I can just go with my name. That's it. Yeah, you could go oh. with your name. Yes. Here's the thing, though. You want to make sure that you have really good insurance. Depends on what kind of business you're doing, because if people sue you, then they can go after you. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but with the LLC, they could potentially go after you. If you're operating as like you and the LLC are one and the same, then they could sue you. Depends on what you're doing. So make sure you have really good contracts. I don't like using social security numbers, so I would get an EIN. Now, if you started a business just under your own name, oftentimes you can start a bank account, can be like a business bank account, typically with a credit union or something like if you're already a member of a credit union, they'll probably let you open one. Some banks will say you have to get a business bank account and they'll start charging you for that. There are some pros and cons to just operating under your own name. So Heather, I can just go and open an account with my name. No, no crazy business name, but make sure it's separate from anything else in my life. It mm -hmm. could just be under my name. It doesn't even have to be a business account as long as it's purely business. Yep. Anything that flows from it. Yep. All the credit yep. cards, everything. Yep. And you would want to talk to the banker and just make sure. But for me personally, with my credit union, when I asked them about opening up an account, they're like, oh, for a business, yeah, you're going to have to pay. But if it's just under your personal name, it's not an LLC, then it would be free. It just really depends on the bank. But that can be a cheaper way to go as far as opening up a bank account. I bank at US Bank for the fact that they don't charge me for having a business bank account. And, you know, I would have rather used the credit union, but they were going to charge me. So um, I went with the free version.
Got it. Thank you. This is so helpful. I wanted to address something else that you were saying. The LLC, when you register, that's on the state level. So it depends on what state that you're in. There might be ramifications for starting an LLC in that state. So for instance, California has different rules than say Oregon, where I'm located. When you go to do your taxes, really depends on what type of business that you have. But if you are performing your services in a particular state, chances are that state that you're performing these services, that is going to be the one that you are taxed in. So you're probably living in that state, you're functioning in that state. Now, if you go over to another state to film or some other activity that happens in a different state, then you have to abide by those rules. And this could be if you're performing a service or if you're doing art or there's all these different rules. Every state is different. So you have to look at the rules. If your income is lower than a certain threshold, oftentimes you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I don't want to get in trouble. So it's really good to be knowledgeable and it's just good to turn to you. So Heather, I like all the topics that you're talking about on your podcast, on other episodes, like talking about profitability. And you were in one episode, you were talking about how you need to make a plan. And most creatives, I think we have so many ideas and so many projects that we're working on. And everything you described on that episode, it was a recent episode. I think it was your 100th episode? Was it the most recent one where you were talking about profitability? I'm trying to make that a point every single time. But yes, there was profitability was mentioned in that. The plan was, the one about the plan was a little bit earlier, but this last one was about profiting from your superpowers. So yes, I was talking about you do need a plan when you're utilizing your creativity to make money because I'm a creative person too. And I love to come up with ideas and it's, oh yeah, I want to do this and that. And then, but what is the plan around it? And how do you plan on making money? Exactly. And that's where I sit because I have so many ideas and so many projects and they're all areas where I have expertise in. Mm -hmm. I can do something, but with everything, with children, with homeschooling, with there's so much to do. Just running a podcast is a full-time job and I'm the only one who's pulling it all together. It is crazy the amount of hours that it takes, that it demands. I have to come up with a plan. I have to come up with a plan to help feed the family right now. I'm not sure. I feel stuck. I feel like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I don't know. I don't even know what to ask you right now. I'm really sorry. Now I feel like a really crazy artist. No, that's okay. Because you've got all these great ideas, I like to keep things as simple as possible. I am one that loves processes and plans and put things in place and like big, huge scale things. But we want to start getting money through the door right away. We need to think about what's the lowest hanging fruit where you can start making some money, start making some traction, and then working towards those bigger things. And maybe it's also doing that at the same time of having your big goal in mind and what can we do today to start chipping away and reaching that goal? Part of the plan might be to have a certain amount of time, effort, maybe money even to put towards the bigger plan. Maybe we look at what the big plan is and figure out, okay, what are the bite-sized pieces that we need to do along the way? Is it going to take three years, five years, 10 years, whatever it is, but we got to think about making money now. So many times with creatives, I hear, oh, I just like to do what I do. I don't want to be a capitalist. I understand all that. I have friends that are anarchists, but at the same time, we live in this capitalist society. We have to make money. If we do want to help people in the world, we generally need money. It may seem evil, but if we make money, then we can help 
other people with the money that we make. And we're not talking about gouging people. We're just talking about offering a service at a fair price. It makes sense. Everything you're saying is making sense. It's making me have vision. As I'm really listening to what you're telling me, I keep hearing the word simple with your business plan, simple with everything that you're doing. Just make it simple. And I think I have to put aside my ego about all these fantastic things, focus on doing voiceover work while I'm still going on with the podcast and then put money aside to start the production company, get some work, get some money coming in. Simple. And I think in general, once money starts coming in, we tend to feel better about everything else. Yeah. (laughs) You feel like, hey, this is manageable. So like little simple baby steps. Exactly. And we also want to make sure that when we talk about profitability, you make sales. That's wonderful. But then you got all these expenses. What's left over is the profit. Hopefully there's money left over. But oftentimes we get so caught up in our ideas that we end up spending money on something and then we end up spending money on another thing. And we're purchasing things before we even know what the plan is. We're like, oh, I'm going to need this or that. I'm guilty of it too. I love to buy software. I bought this software and it's terrible. But now I'm committed to it because I bought it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So if we have a plan in place, then we can be like, okay, this is going to be the next step. And this is what I need to concentrate on and start making some money. So people hate the word budget, call it money plan or whatever you want to call it. Put some numbers around things. So we know, okay, maybe you need to put a little money away for that big thing that you want to accomplish and maybe not buying things right away. Like years ago, my brother bought this DVD a recorder. And by the time he finally took it out of the box, it was out of date. I don't even think you could get the plugins for it anymore. And if you buy things too soon, it may be out of date anyway. And I don't know if you're guilty of buying Ooh, a bunch of stuff. But... I am. Oh, <laughs> I'm guilty of software costs. I mean, it... it's a psychological thing because when you start a business where you start a project, and when you buy something, you feel like you're accomplishing something. And then you get a physical something in your hand, even if it's software, you're like, yeah, I'm on my way. Then you get shopper's remorse because you realize, oh, I should have kept calm. Right. And be simple. Yeah. And then you always have this guilt feeling like I got to use this. And maybe that's not even the best use of your time. You know, I remember so. Heather reading Coco Chanel's autobiography. The way she started her big empire was... She just looked around to see what was in front of her. Mm. And she started off with straw hats because she was staying in a friend's place, a villa or something. And in the barn, there was lots of straw. So one of the things I got from her, there's always something in your immediate surroundings. You don't need to go purchase anything. You don't need anything. No matter what you're doing, there's always something around you that is there for you. Mm -hmm. And so you don't need to go out and splurge and buy. You start, like you said, simple. What you need is always around you. You have to look. It could even be the people that you know as well, and they could be your clients. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go out and find these other people, especially if you create something that is in your wheelhouse that you already know people that would need that service or that product or whatever. Thank God for the podcast community. I'm so glad that I connected with you, Heather. You are such a beautiful genius. Oh, thank you. All right. So let's, and if you don't want to answer this, you don't have to, but how are you going about tracking your finances and your business and all of that right now? You, you mentioned that you have all these things. Are you keeping them separate? Are you putting them together under one business? How are you doing that? Everything is separate. I log everything I do. I look at my accounts at least once a day. 
Oh, very nice. Exactly what's coming in, going out. That includes also looking at the credit cards because I find sometimes there are weird charges. Like I went to a magazine stand and I bought a magazine and I felt iffy about it at the time. You always have a sense when your identity is about to get stolen somehow. Mm. And so a few days later, as I was looking at the accounts, there was a weird charge and it was the kingdom of bling. I'm like, I've never heard that name. I've never been. <laughs> what is this? I always look to make sure everything's copacetic. Several times I found weird charges that didn't come from us. I'm always looking at the numbers and it is very simple. I don't buy a lot and I don't spend a lot. I know exactly to the penny where things are. That's um, great. And I keep also a daily journal of everything I do. So it's in like pen and paper form mm -hmm. as well as digital. Wow. As far as the tracking of the expenses and income, do you do that on paper? Do you look at the bank statements? Like how are you tracking that? I buy everything on the credit card. So mm -hmm. everything is itemized there. And I keep all the receipts and there's a clipboard for business and there's a clipboard of different file for our family home stuff. Mm -hmm. and totally separate. Okay. So when it comes to tax time, then you would be able to take it out and look at it. It's all digital and everything is through the credit card and the bank. All the transactions are there. Everything. Okay. As far as the different businesses under the umbrella, do you have those right now or is it primarily the photography is the, the main? The photography is the main thing. And okay. luckily yeah. or not luckily, I haven't made money off of the podcast. It's pretty simple. When moving to your new place, new estate, do you have a plan as to how you're going to get new clients or do you have old clients or how does that work? Is I'm starting from scratch. Oh, wow. Okay. Over again. I'm just going to make cold calls or cold emails. I'm going to pursue who I think would be great clients where we would have a good relationship, like benefit from the relationship. So I'm starting all over. Your most important thing would be to get the clients in that other state. Have you started contacting people in that state? No, right now, all I'm doing is working on escrow and moving vans and packing. Oh, that's a lot to do. The kids' schoolwork and taking care of the whole family, getting everyone to remain calm while I take care of all these details. I think once the movers have moved everything away, I will have a clearer head and then really start working on exactly how I'm going to get that first job. Based on our conversation, what is probably the next thing that you're going to do? I think I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with a bank account. Mm -hmm. Number one, I'm going to call the secretary of state. And then I'm also going to look for work <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, that's good. In the new state. Yes. Very good. All right, Fawn, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Heather, thank goodness for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>